Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, week three of the residence uh, interviews, but hour three in actual time because uh, we are uh, we are doing this all in one shot, and so I have had <laughs> a lot of coffee in the last two episodes. So I'm 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 running on good fumes right now. Uh, with me is Quentin. Quentin, say hi. Hi. Glad you, you are here with us today, man, and uh, talking about rehab and addiction and addiction recovery and what God has done for you. Uh, it is um, uh, it is a pleasure, man, to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. It's been a long road. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we do, we have a tradition here, and we have actually two traditions here at the podcast. One is not one that I particularly care for, but he seems to always fall into place. And the other one is the one that we always do, uh, and that is uh, the podcast is called Coffee and Conversation, right? And yet, most of my guests do not drink coffee, right? And and you. Uh, did not bring a cup, which is fine because you know we're on we're on location. Usually, I would provide the coffee cups, but I'm out on location at Trinity in Crawfordsville, and I don't have cups. Uh, and you have opted to bring Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. Now that's okay. Look, I I get it. I partake in Mountain Dew every now and then. It is my guilty pleasure, and at least I can t- I can say that it's not diet caffeine free Mountain Dew. Yeah. Right. Uh, to, to me, uh, thank you. To me, diet caffeine-free Mountain Dew makes absolutely no sense. Nobody drinks that for anything besides the fact that it's sugary and it, <laughs> it's caffeinated. Right. That's it's definitely not good for you. Right. Uh, it's like like for me, decaf coffee. That is the most pointless stuff, and you might as well be drinking dirt. You know, I agree. Anyway, I'm getting off my pulpit. I'm gonna <laughs> thank you for joining us today on this PSA about why we should have real Mountain Dew and real coffee. Uh, uh, now, uh, Quentin, I, I don't know you as Quentin. I call you Q. Uh, so if it's okay with you and okay with the podcast world, I'm not really asking them anyway. Uh, I'm going to call you Q throughout. Is that okay with you? Yeah. All right. Uh, Tell, let's go ahead and get started. And, and how I've been starting these uh, these podcasts with with you and, the, and, and your brothers, um, you know, your spiritual brothers, uh, is a little bit about your background. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up um, and what role did faith play, if any, um, and then uh, how you got into your addiction. Okay, so uh, I grew up uh, Lafayette, Indiana. And, you know, West Lafayette, too. I oh, to. Quentin. We forgot to do our first sip. Before we get into the serious stuff, we got to do the first sip. Cheers, my friend. I hope that Mountain Dew was good. All right. Delicious. Now, Lafayette, Indiana. Go. All right. So, uh, I lived with my dad most of my life. And then I lived with my grandpa, too. He lived in Lafayette. And my dad worked and lived on the west side. So I went to Klondike Elementary School, uh, had a normal childhood. My mom was kind of out of the picture, but my dad provided for me well. You know, he uh, he went to school and had, I don't know, he kind of had, he really did have a, 
you know, provided a good life for me. And okay, I want to. I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you again. Did you say Klondike Elementary? Yeah. Okay, so all I can get, all I can now have in my head is, what would you do for a Klondike <laughs> bar? Uh, 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 I'm guessing Klondike did not buy out the school and name itself after that. No. But I had to get that out there because it was bugging me to no end. Uh, like I said, I've had a lot of coffee. All right. Last time I interrupted, I promise, your dad had a good job, provided for you well. Yeah. And uh, him and my mom divorced when I was a newborn. And okay. My mom kind of was out of the picture from there. You know, like I said, I, you know, I made good grades, was involved in sports, and, you know, faith wasn't really in the part of the picture. Okay. It's just not how I grew up. Okay. You know, I never prayed before I ate or never just, I always knew what it was, but I heard church or, or you know, I, it kind of scared me away. I always thought, man, this is just going to make me go to sleep. Oh really? Yeah. So so what what gave you that impression? Do you think? I don't know. Just stereotypes? Yeah, probably. I would say so. Yeah. Did you know any Christians growing up? Uh, I mean, not. I wouldn't say like living it Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. A difference between. I don't know. I've met a lot of people that might say that they, but their actions don't really. You met a lot of people who went to church. That probably went to church, but you didn't meet a lot of what we would call like Jesus freaks or yeah. yeah things like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. All right. So faith wasn't a big part of your life. Grew up pretty pretty normal life, right? Yeah. Uh, so what ha- what happened? What 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 brought you into addiction? Well, uh, it's always just kind of like curious of what you know where I could take. I don't know, just. It's a mixture of a little bit of peer pressure and just curiosity. I wanted to okay. know what, you know, what it felt like to have an altered state of mind. And, you know, it's like it started off with, with weed and then, you know, started taking pills. And then it was this spice stuff that nobody knew anything about and that I was smoking on a daily basis. Okay. And, I mean, I was basically a test dummy for whatever. You know, I didn't know what was going to go on there. Yeah, now, for those who are uneducated, explain what spice is. Uh, it's like a synthetic form of marijuana. Uh, gives you, like, a short short high with a lot of, you know, it'll, it'll put you in the hospital. There's a lot of uh, downsides to smoking it. And it's also very addicting, and it's nothing like marijuana, even though they call it synthetic marijuana. Okay. All right. So, you... So what? So was it just like okay? So from what I'm hearing, I'm picturing you saying, "Hey, I want to know what this is like." So I'm going to go find A, B, C, or D. Right? Was that how it was, or was it, you know, you were curious and then somebody presented the option to you? Yeah. So I get into that. So uh, I was curious, you know. Then my mom came back into my life. Oh. And you know, I didn't really know her that well. I had known, like, you know, she'd been in trouble and this and that, and, you know, she hadn't made the best decisions with her life. She went one way, my dad went the other. Okay. And, you know, she came back into my life, and my dad was always trying to tell me, like, you know, you need to stay away from her. She's no good. She's no good. Well, you know, we didn't have, we never had that connection, so I don't know how it happened or what, but she kind of just, I don't know, I don't know if she knew that I was, like, 
you know, smoking, I don't know, I can't remember, I think I was just smoking weed at the time or whatever. She somehow found out about it and then from there on out, you know, she was, she would offer me like Xanax or Percocets and then from there on out we had a relationship based on drugs. Okay, so, so that, so you were introduced into the drug world primarily through your mom. I mean, a big, I would say it's a big, uh, big part of it, yeah. Okay. If, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you think that, um, your addiction is um, somewhat genetic because you grew up with a mom, uh, or not with a mom, but you had a mom uh, who was an addict? I would like to think not, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the, how the science to all that stuff works or anything, so I can't really... No, that's fair. I, I'm just curious as to what you what your thoughts I mean, are. I would hope not. I, yeah. Yeah. What, no, do you, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, I think I, I think it's a mixture, right? I think we have genetic dispositions to do things. Like my father was an alcoholic, right? And so I I uh, I have a genetic disposition, according to science, to be an alcoholic, right? But I'm not, yeah, right? Uh, because I have that I have chosen not to engage in that uh, in that. But I believe what I do have from my father. Is an addictive personality. Yeah, I think my I think my uh, my dad uh, had that personality, and I never knew my dad, so I'm only feeding off of what I've heard about my dad. Um, <clears throat> and and I think that that's probably so that part of my personality is part of his personality, and that let let me to be more of a uh, prone to addiction, right? So so there's that you know there's that part of part of me that says um, you know knowledge is power and because I knew that my dad was an alcoholic and an addict um, you know I did not become an alcoholic myself right because I fought hard against that yeah. but that's my own thoughts towards it you yeah know? and I kind of agree with that you know maybe she just passed down the addictive personality yeah are you a lot like your mom nah I mean Maybe in a few ways, but I would say no. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm a lot stronger willed than she is, yeah. even to this day. Yeah. But. That's good, man. No. Yeah. Look, and, and, and it's, it's, I don't think there's a concrete, you know, it's black or white. I think it's a very gray experience for most of us, right? Um, and, and so, so you, okay, to get back to your story, you had this, I, you, your mom was, you know, you know, feeding you Xanax and things like that. What what happened after that? Keep going. Well, they came troubles with the law, you know. You know, my dad, he was always trying to just speak truth into my life and help me. And I, he ended up being my enemy because I was so clouded during that time. And you know what I mean? I, the way I was looking at my mom and her, them, like they were the good people. Yeah. And shunning or trying to shun or you know what I mean? Like with yeah. the, my, the good side of the family that actually had the best interests in mind for me. Troubles with the law. Uh, around that time, my grandpa had a, he uh, had Alzheimer's, and you know his health started to started to go down. And, yeah. You know, so I was dealing with that, which was a really hard thing. And um, yeah, so my dad he ended up I don't know we were kind of we kind of had a falling out, and my dad called me. He's like, look, I don't know. Basically, I don't care what kind of shape you're in, but, you know, I just got married, and he needs 24-hour care, so if you could get over here and help me out, it'd be greatly appreciated. It's fine, you know what I mean, but 
I didn't know what I was really getting myself into with all that because it's like, I don't know, he had like a child. It had gotten so bad to that point that it was like a child. He had like the mind of a child and just some of the things he was saying just kind of put me over and uh, I, uh, I don't know, I ended up having enough and I, want, I was wanting to leave to go use and then that just a few hours after that, after I had left, I got a call that my grandpa had fell and broke his ribs. Oh wow! And that he, uh, you know, he was in some pretty. He was 89 years old, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty much clear that you know he probably wasn't going to make it out of this. So you know, then came the guilt, and then you know, it was pretty much even more of a downward spiral after that. Right. Yeah, it's pretty much even more of a downward spiral after that, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then that just. So, what was rock bottom for you then? Because everybody has a rock bottom, right? What was rock bottom for you? Well, so I don't. The first, I kind of thought I hit rock bottom. So right after he died, you know, I kind of just couch surfed, and because they, my my grandpa's house was quickly sold. You right. know, my whole family, they were just all cared, worried about the money. Even my dad, you know, who's I loved to death, and you know, but he he even was too, you know, they weren't even seemed like they weren't even worried about the death, but they were worried about the money they were going to get from the house. Mm-hmm. So his house was quickly sold. You know, my dad, I burnt the bridge with him and his wife, and I was 18, and they're like, oh, you can't come stay with us. So I had to bounce around from here and there, and just didn't have a job. Was just in a really bad spot. Uh, my uncle. He, him and my dad were talking, and he was like, well, tell Quentin he can come up here and live with me as long as he gets sober. I thought that was the time I hit rock bottom. But I went up there, and, uh, you know, I continued to smoke weed, yeah. continued to drink, yeah, stuff like that. But I had a good life going on, and I thought, you know, man, that, I don't ever have to go to what I was doing before. And at that point in time, I just, you know, I had just... Basically, before I moved up there, I, I mean, I'd experienced meth a few times, but nothing serious. I mean, nothing like a bunch. Yeah, yeah. But, so I moved up there, had a really good life. He lived in Portage, Indiana. He was a trucker. I just, you know, had to go to work. And he just basically wanted me to get on my feet. Well, holidays roll around, and uh, I, I go to... I, I want to come back up to Lafayette to visit some family. Well, I, uh, you know, my mom's like, come on, I want to see you, this, that. Turned out to be another bad decision that ended up haunting me because, yeah. you know, she had people over there and she had, you know, she had, was no longer doing pills. She was doing meth and heroin on a oh, daily wow. basis. Okay. And, you know, kind of brought me into that. And, Got introduced to some things, some drugs that, you know, really took hold on me. And I didn't last but, you know, maybe two months before I had moved back to Lafayette and was back in this in a worse spot than where I was before I moved. And so I would say my true rock bottom would be in that detox center, Sycamore Springs in Lafayette. Just, you know, nowhere to go, strung out. <clears throat> Basically... You know, the only person I had to call out to was God. Yeah. That I didn't know. I didn't know him. 
I still called out to him, and I remember I was praying, you know, God, can you please take me out of this? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're about, but just take me out of this, just whatever I'm going, you know what I'm in right what, now. What led you to detox? I mean, how did, you, how did you even end up in detox in the first place? I didn't, I didn't have no choice but to go to detox. I, yeah. I was kind of staying with my aunt off and on. I was with staying with a girl, and she ended up moving, you know, away, kind of left me high and dry. And then I couldn't go back to my aunt's for whatever reason and this I mean this was after like you know three three straight years of just straight just bad living yeah right just living in complete sin and, yeah and I, I just didn't have a choice you know I thought you know I'll go here get, get my stuff together and I don't know what has going to happen after this yeah I would say probably homelessness would probably be the thing that really did it in did me in yeah, you know, amongst other things, but there, there, there's a part of your story that I that I find um, that is consistent with other addicts, um, and I would love to hear your thoughts um, because when I'm, you know, you uh, probably know that nine out of ten guys who graduate from a rehab program um, or get clean uh, will fall back into their addiction. Uh, that's the national statistic right now. Nine out of ten guys, 92%. Uh, and the reason why is because they go back to their their old neighborhoods. They go back to the people and the places that they you know that they got high at. And and, and this is this was your story, right? You were you when you were with your uncle, you know, you you weren't as bad off, but you got you went to your mom's. And you fell back into what you said, to, into a worse situation because they introduced you to some other drugs. Do you think that's true? Do you think it's the old neighborhood that does it? Old neighborhood and, you know, what I've found that, you know, if you don't have Christ at the center of your heart or, you know, to me, I've found out that just from what I've seen and what I've experienced that is if it's not faith-based or faith, you know, Chris, God isn't at the center of it, it's probably not going to work. So, so Christ needs to be at the center of your addiction. Now, let me push back a little bit. Now, I mean, I agree with you, <laughs> obviously, right? But that that ninety two percent is still true of faith based rehab programs. So, so what is it then? You know, what what needs to happen for a person who who has Christ to not go back to uh, their old addictions? Man, that's a hard question because, you know, I've seen guys even come through here that I could have swore, yeah, they're, they're never going to do this again. They yeah. are sitting back or doing the same exact thing they were doing yeah. before they came. I would say just not letting uh, pride get in the way. Pride is a big thing. And yeah. not letting the cares of the world bring you down. That's a big thing, you know, because they drag me down just like I'm struggling with some Temptations at work, and I know that it's not like nothing drug related or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. but just and I know that it's not, you know, I got to keep much, much, my on track, and it's just I don't know. I feel like the cares of the world can bring a person down and get them entangled back, and obviously the, the people that they were with, but yeah, so. So let's talk about – before we get into your whole experience here, I want to go – I want to fast forward because I want to drive this point home because I, I think 
I think there's something here. Uh, you graduated from Trinity how long ago? Oh, man. It's been last February. Last February. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and you chose to stay uh, as, uh, as a... Um, not as a resident, so to speak, but you have a role here. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was more so than what it is now. But yeah. So what? So I actually got a little story behind that. So what had happened was, you know, I was in phase with these guys, and I didn't know what I was going to do. It was weeks before graduation. And they're like, "Hey, we got a house out here. Come live with me." And you know, I Brandon, he, I. You know the house director here. Yeah, I was trying. I, I don't know. I, I can see why he told me no to begin with, because you know my heart wasn't in the right place. I was just trying to latch on to something because I was, it was so close to time, and I had procrastinated yeah. what I'm going to be doing when I leave here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, last minute decision, decide to move out. You know, uh, one of the life coaches here at Trinity was kept texting me. You know. We're worried. We know we got a bad feeling about what's going on. You know, you need to get back here and then figure out what you're going to do from there. You need to get out of that house. Then I came back, and then I, that's when I started kind of really feeling that I made the right call and that, you know, I need to start trying to help these guys here. And that's yeah. when I came back, and then I had, you know, I was just, I just had responsibilities here, and then. Right. Stuff like that, and, and 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 you you haven't relapsed. You've been clean since uh, you know since you got here in Trinity. Is that right? I mean, yeah. I've had slip ups when I first got here. Yeah, that's been over. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, clean, right? Yeah. And, and this is what I'm getting at. You had to remove yourself from the uh, toxic environment. You're fine. Everybody loves a little bit of background music. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But you had to remove yourself from the toxic environment and surround yourself with people who would encourage you, lift you up, right? Do the right, you know, do the right thing and help you to do the right thing. And, and, and this is really why programs like ours and others exist for those who graduate from a rehab program because we, you have to be introduced to a new to a new tribe, to a new faith community, to a, to a new family almost, right? Uh, because that's what keeps you going, you know? Uh, so so let's, now that we kind of hit that point, let's go back then to, uh, you know, your detoxing at, uh, at this place, um, you know, and, and you're starting to realize, you know, that you need to get your life right. What leads you to Trinity? Uh, so, you know, right after I told you guys I was praying yeah, to, you know, to the God I didn't know or whatever, right. well, I think it was like a day later, you know, you got one, two people to a room in there. So, you know, my roommate comes in and he was wearing a Trinity Life Ministry shirt and I was like, what, what's that on your shirt, man? He started telling me about it. He was like, yeah, I was here, you know, I was doing really good. I got a job and I started using again, but it's a really good place. And I'm just like, let me get that number, man. You know, yeah. I heard it was in Crawfordsville. I wanted to get out of Lafayette. I knew that's what I needed to do. Was, you know, it's a start. It's in Crawfordsville. Yeah, right. Not very far, but far enough. Far enough, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a lady in there helping you figure out where you're going to go. She's like, start filling out these applications. Uh, you know, I filled out my application for Home with Hope. And I was like, hey, what about that Trinity place? And 
He's like, oh, well, I think that next phase of guys is getting ready to start or has already started. I'm like, well, can you can you see? Well, two days, I thought maybe like a day or two later, she's like, hey, Quentin, I've got good news for you. Phil Gabriel wants to come down and have a have an inter- he wants to interview you. And Phil Gabriel is the executive director of Trinity. Yeah, right? yep. yeah. Yep. And I was like, I, right then, you know, I didn't know if I was getting in at that time, but I knew that. You know, there was something, some little hope to latch on to. Yeah, right, yeah. And, uh, you know, so he came in, uh, told him my story, and, you know, it didn't, the whole thing didn't last very long. And, you know, he told me I was accepted. Be there October 25th. That's, you know, yeah. it's the day after my birthday. And, and you know, my, my me still being entangled in sin, I managed to work get out of my detox center a day early and then went and relapsed again mm-hmm. and then showed up at Trinity and had to, you know, I had to, it was a really hard thing coming here, you know, still under the influence and, you know, I didn't know what to expect coming here and it took me a month before I finally, you know, realized what I was here and what I was, or what I, why I was here and what I was supposed to do Yeah, and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior here at an end gathering one one day and uh, I'm not going to say it's been easy but it's definitely I mean I'm my whole life I basically, basically what I can say to sum it up is I'm saved you know you said that you had you know ups and downs that first month and then you know you realized there was something God wanted me to do here I needed to get saved God wants me in heaven God wants me here what was that aha moment? What clicked for you? Telling me, because, so, well, one, there's a couple things. You know, I had Mitch, which is a life coach here. Great yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. He was, you know, he, he's being stern with me. Yeah. So, you know, he was telling me, you know, he told me, you know, look, we're here to do this, and if you're not doing this, I'm not afraid to ask you to leave. And I knew, I don't got nothing on out there. Yeah. Which was one thing. And another thing, I knew I needed to try something new. So this guy named Tony Shable was here and he was preaching. You know, he gets going and, hmm. you know, I start feeling my hair stand up. And, yep. You know, I was like, anybody wants to come up here, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you know, come on up. And I felt the need to go up there and I went up went up there and I mean I'm not and I'm not here to tell you it's been easy since I've done that but to tell you that 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 was a turning point in my life yeah because I, I don't know how to explain it really yeah yeah so so you know the, the light switch for you was 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 Jesus the invitation to know Jesus right so, so talk about that because you said it you know it hasn't been easy and, and of course that's the <coughs> excuse me that's the uh that's the consistent thing with everybody, right? Uh, and, and I remember, you know, side note, I remember years and years ago, I had a friend that I went to college with that uh, posted online, uh, you know, why is faith so hard? No one ever said it was going to be hard, you know, and, and I responded to him. No one ever, you know, God never promised it was going to be easy, but it is going to be worth it. Right, and so you're having the same experience, right? It's it, faith is not an easy thing, right? So tell me about the struggles that you had, um, you know, with your faith. 
Um, okay, so I first of all, I had a hard time believing. You know, I've always growing up. You know what I mean? I didn't know what to believe when it came to you know higher power, yeah, creator. You know, for the longest time, I thought we were probably created by aliens, and I had them prior things that you know I thought I believed were getting in the way, and also just what what it's telling you, you know, love love bless those who persecute you. Just that those certain things that were in the Bible that I just you're so different from what the world tells you, and yeah, just basically getting out of that funk of the world and. You know, because that was bringing me down a lot. And now people look at me like I'm crazy because I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. So, I get it. Okay. Uh, so you, you have these uh, you have, you have these struggles, you know, but it's worth it, right? Uh, so, so what keeps you going now? What's different today uh, in your faith and in your life that's preventing you from going back to where you used to be? Well, um, restored relationships. I restored the relationship with my dad. Oh, good. Restored the relationship with, you know, I mean, it's gone. It's going good with his wife. Yeah. You know, um, and that, I mean, really, but as far as family goes, yeah, that is only, my dad and his family, you know, his wife, his he was remarried, are the only relationships I really feel you know, necessary to have right now because, you know, I may have other family, but, you know, they, I'm not going to, they weren't there like my dad was. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I told myself, you know, even if they're not using, they still could be toxic to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, yeah. So, Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. You're, dude, you're fine. You're what fine. Was the, what was the question? The question is, how do you? Uh, what's different now in your life and in your faith that's going to prevent you from going back to where you used to be? Okay. Uh, so the restore relationships. It's because I keep hitting snooze. The restore relationships and. Uh, uh, So you don't want the relationships that, that you've recovered uh, to to go back to, you know, destroy, right? Yeah. You're in a relationship with your dad and your your stepmom, for lack of a better term, um, are too valuable for you right yeah, now. That's a big thing. And, you know, also the people that I've met here in the past year, you know, I've gotten very close with a lot of the staff here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... I've, I've learned a lot and I don't want to disappoint there's a whole line of people including Jesus you know he's not a person that I would be upset about disappointing and I don't want to do that to no, to none of them you know what I mean yeah. and that's and also you know I've just got a new I'm, I feel like I'm actually worth something yes which is a good thing and yeah I don't you know I'm not always itching to get the, that, that mind change I'm, I'm content sober yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm totally different than what I was. Praise God, know, man. Three, two or three years ago. Praise God. Praise God. So, so, what then uh, do you hope? Where do you hope to be? You know, in your faith, five, ten years from now. I mean, I just 
I, the big thing is, is I want to make sure I'm not, I continue to grow and that I'm not, you know, I continue to grow by, you know, day by day and I'm not, you know, just kind of falling back. I want to get to that point to where, you know, I, I'm not, I get stressed out and I'm not trying to control, put things into my own control. I just want to be able to give it to God and yeah. let him take the, you know what I mean? And not let it worry me because I still, you know what I mean? I'm a worry, worry I worry about everything. I still try to get, you know, kind of try to control situation. Not really, but just usually how my days go. And I just, I basically want to be able to give my whole day to God and let him take the wheel. And it's, you know, that's something that has been hard for me, but yeah, uh, I just, I just basically don't, I don't want to remain stagnant. So you want to have a relationship with God to where he's the primary motivator, influencer, and driver of your life. I mean, and yeah, he is, and I'm working. I'm working towards. It's just. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I'm not saying that. That's not what you're where you're at now, but you know, we 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 live this struggle of of taking control and giving Jesus control, and and you know, the longer we're in faith, the more we should be giving Him control, and the less we shout, we should be taking the wheel, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and really, it comes down to a mindset that. We're not the passenger, we're the stinking car, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and and you know when when we tell Jesus to get off the wheel, we crash and burn because we're never in control of ourselves, right? Uh, and and that's really really kind of the the mindset that we have to have is that you know Jesus just you know we just need to stop trying to do something we're never created to do, right? Um, and th- th- I think that's I think that's huge for you, man. Uh, and I and I love your I love your faith and I love the fact that you're that you're you know you're in this uh, and you know here's my question though you've been here now almost two years it would be it would be two years in February right uh, this has been a pretty controlled environment yeah you know you're you're about to get you know back into a uh, more independent living you know less controlled environment. Um, what are you going to do to make sure that you don't you don't relapse? I mean, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, except that the only difference is I'm not going to be living here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't worried about it too much. I'm just going to keep. I've got good people working with me, and yep. I'm just going to keep my mind on you know, you know, obviously Jesus, but also you know where I want my life to be headed. What do I want out of this time? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to... It's not really a bad thing, but... You know what I mean? I've been working for six months, and I've yeah. been here at Trinity. Had to yeah. pay rent, and that's it. And I've kind of just... I don't know. I have, I've been pretty careless with my money and stuff, but now the way I'm looking at this, I've got another you know, another chance here yeah. to you know, be smart, you know, save up for a house, car, all that thing, all that stuff. Just keep focused on the things, the necessities of life, and I'm not going to... I think that's perfect, man. You're right on. You're you're keeping focused, yeah. right? You have you have a goal ahead of you, and 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 yes, focusing on Jesus and filtering all your goals through Him is where it's at. Uh, you know, because you say you're a worrier, so is I, right? Especially especially right after I got off my my uh, my drugs, you know, because you you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But then there's that verse that uh, has become my life verse. 
seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you, right? I'm going to seek God first. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, right? And I'm going to model my life after him. And, and that's, that's the difference maker. You know, people are like, okay, I've been clean now 20 years. Uh, and what's kept me going is my faith. And knowing that Jesus is in control and not me, right? Knowing that I would disappoint um, my family and now my wife and my kids. Uh, you know, that I, I, I will never go back to drugs because my life is too valuable now. Uh, it was always valuable, but now I'm realizing it, right? And I think that's the same case for you, right? So let me ask you this, and this is what we'll end on today. Let's say you have a guy in front of you, you know, high as a kite, strung out, you know, and, and is asking you for help, asking you for advice. Q, what, what are you going to tell him? I'm going to tell him... Uh, and I'm just, I'll probably start off by sharing maybe a little bit of testimony. Tell them, look, I was where you're at, and God did this for me. Yeah. And it's up to you. You just gotta, you just gotta take what you want, and then you gotta throw that out the door and start focusing on God, His mm. kingdom, His righteousness, and all that. And you know, He will fix you. He'll fix your heart, fix your soul, everything. All you, I mean, and that's pretty much. I mean, I, that's pretty much okay. what I got. What What has God done for you? He's restored relationships, like I said. You know, I used to be really, really quiet. Like, especially when I was using drugs, I was yeah. really quiet. I didn't like talking to nobody, really. I mean, I did, but you know, He's made me. He's turned me from. Uh, what is it? I just I don't know. He turned me from an introvert into an extrovert, but I'm still I'm, I'm still not really an extrovert like some people like yeah. you per se. <laughs> but, <laughs> and everyone is everyone is sighing a collective sigh of relief right now that there are not two of me in the world. Uh, but I will say, uh, out of my six kids, I have plenty of me and those children. So world look out. All right, but yeah, yeah. He so he 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 gave you back your personality. Yeah. Yeah. What else has he done? Show me a new, a new and a better way to live. Yes, man. yes, that new life, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, part of CTP's thing is uh, that we're helping guys obtain a life that wins, uh, and really, what we're doing is we're helping guys continue that life, right? Because you already have that life, and and we are. I am so excited, man. I've said this to all the other guys, and I mean it, and I mean it every time I say it. I am excited for you to move into the house, man. It is going to be, it is going to be so much uh, fun and, and, and just exciting to see how God is going to use all of us, you and me and all the guys and Tim and Tom and the rest of the board and, and, and everybody who walks through our doors, how God is going to use us all. Uh, to impact each other, to deepen each other's faith, and to impact his kingdom um, throughout the county. And so, dude, I am excited. Thank you so much for being on yeah, the podcast thanks today. For having me. Uh, it is, it is, it has truly been a pleasure, man. I look forward to getting to know you a lot better than than just you know what how we've been getting to know each other the last couple of months. So, uh, if you would like to learn more about Community Transformation Partners, you can go to our website, communitytransformationpartners.org. 
and uh, if you would uh, like to uh, talk to me about what CTP is doing and and maybe you have a question or a comment on the podcast, send me uh, send me an email, Larry at Community Transformation partners.org. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just look for Community Transformation Partners. You'll find us pretty quick. Uh, but this podcast, as a reminder, is uh, supported and brought to you by you. And so if you would like to donate uh, and help help uh, fund what God is doing uh, through CTP, you can go to our website, communitytransformationpartners.org forward slash donate to learn more. Guys, thank you again. We're, we'll be back next week for our season finale uh, uh, with our last resident. But until then, as always, peace, love, and soul. Thank you.